What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. We can match. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to a Bat Flipping Time podcast. I'm Clint, joined by MJ Lloyd and Mike Hilwa. What's going on, hey. guys? I nailed it. I think you got it. Tonight. Nailed it. Nope. That, was, that was it, right? That was I've it. Been pre- I've been ready for this moment since I was born. So. <laughs> well played, sir. I got a gold star in the mail for you. <laughs> <laughs> it only took uh, a couple of months of shows. <laughs> that's that's better than that. I've been working six and a half years at the same place, and there's some people that still screw up every day that have been there for six and a half years with me. So, oh, uh, anytime uh, we get tweets from you and the wife, uh, we uh, I just the wife my wife butchers it all the time. <laughs> it's so much so, it so much fun to butcher. I mean, yeah, I like I like Hillwall, but you yeah. know, I mean, you can turn it into some really fun things. There's some, uh, there's some serious um, offshoots of of Hillwa. It's like I like I said a few weeks ago. One guy said a hill bear. Okay, that's an interesting one. <laughs> I don't know, I I don't like, know how uh, Hillwaya. I think that's how I pronounced it in my head for the first year that uh, we were Twitter friends. Which makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Which makes sense. Um, yeah. I have to consistently every time I call anybody, and it doesn't if, if like a Bill or whoever it is, and they want me to spell my last name, I will spell it out slowly for them, and I will still have to stop them because they want to add an I or an O to the beginning because of the way I said it, even though I've spelled yeah. it out for them. And, you know, H L L Y W A. Okay, H O L. Nope. Stop. <laughs> There's no O. <laughs> yeah. So an I. Like nope. <laughs> Yeah, it's, right. a, it's, a, fun, it's so, a fun name. Just a just a mere couple of years after uh, we all got to know each other, we've we've got it down to a fun science now. Oh, all right, I still so, see uh, your head of the curve. <laughs> I guess there was a little baseball news the past uh, day or so, including a uh, well, he's still a, a current angel, but soon to be former angel. Uh, looks like. Uh, they're dumping uh, Josh Hamilton on Texas and saving about $15 million. Uh, any thoughts, Mike? Well, $15 million for, you know, two to three wins has kind of been what he's been between two and three wins a year for the Angels for the last two years, $15 million three years. That's That's not too shabby, but, you know, they're, he's he's going to get moved immediately to the 60-day DL for the Rangers. So they're not going to have him immediately. So they're going to like a half a season from him. But I guess there's some there's some weird way it's working with Josh Josh Hamilton. is He's forfeiting something like $6 million. There, there's the, the lower tax. There's no income tax in Texas, so that's going to balance it all out. 
The Angels are still on the hook, though, for something like $68 million. I don't know. There's some weird math going on here. Yeah, 63 and, I think. Maybe not. Yeah. 68 is that what you saw? I, I saw 68 so it's something like the Rangers were going to kick in 15, but Josh is going to eliminate six of it and forfeit it, so the Rangers are actually going to not spend $15 million. Everyone, you know, at, I... Oh, that's right now, out of the, the Rangers' side. I guess there's so, still right, stuff to be worked out. This is all going to have to go through uh, Major League Baseball since there's... Uh, it's in the union hands. So it's in the union hands right now. The union is looking at it to see if it, everything's okay on their part of it, and then after that, Major League Baseball has to sign off on it. it it's the soap opera of it all, just... I mean, you've got, you had the relapse that came right after he had soldier's shoulder surgery, and then a few weeks ago, his house goes up for sale in Newport, and then a three day or three or four days later, he's getting divorced from his wife, and then the following day, apparently, his wife was cheating on him, but now his wife has gone to TMZ and said, I was never cheating on him. That's so weird. It's, it's just, yeah. like the, it's the worst daytime soap <laughs> ever. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, uh, that, the divorce is interesting, uh, because that you know you figured it was it's some sort of either you know because of his relapse she was leaving or then the rumors of her cheating and she came out and flat out denied all of that said she's always stood by him at blindsided her uh, they had a an Instagram picture of the two of them on date night like a month before he filed uh, for divorce so. And everything was A-OK at that point. She said there was no argument, no big blow-up that led to the right. whole I, yeah. If she was, if she was truly what? blindsided, guys, I, I have to wonder, you know, maybe he feels, after reading his book, maybe maybe he feels like he can't get clean unless, like, you know, maybe she's an enabler. You know, she she did stand by him through everything. Maybe that's part of it. You know, I was talking with a friend about it, and, and if, if she truly didn't cheat, you have to wonder if, you know, that was his thinking, like, you know, I need, I just need a clean break, and she's part of the reason why I keep, you know, stepping backwards. I don't know. I, I, maybe that's the only thing that makes sense at this point. Yeah, you know, that'd be tough to speculate on, but, uh, uh, you know, I certainly uh, wish him the best. I never root, you know, really root against players by any means. Uh, the the He thrived in Texas, and this was just, uh, uh, you know, pretty much a bust from day one with the Angels. Well, I had those you know eight games last year. What, what I found interesting was he was pretty pedestrian last year in Anaheim, but if you look at his numbers on the road last year, he actually wasn't that bad. His flash line was pretty good. He hit all of his, I think, 12 homers on the road. Um, mm-hmm. So if, like, the Rangers get that player, I mean, they, they are – you know, they're getting a bargain. If they get that player, you know, he's a pretty good deal at the price they're getting him at. But it's it's just weird, you know, with the way he left Texas, with the remarks he made, how's that going to work out? You know, I'm, I'm sure that'll all be forgotten. But Oh, yeah, uh, I don't think that's uh, – baseball fans have a little bit longer memory than uh, football fans, but I'm sure he'll be – Welcome back to it with uh, with pretty open arms with the the Texas crowd, right? The whole thing and the whole thing is pretty divisive among Angels fans too. There's I, I follow and talk to quite a few Angels fans on Twitter, and some of them are on the line, you know, his produ- with his production the way it has been, you know, Sayonara, Josh Hamilton, 
kind of thing. And the other one, yeah. you know, Marty Marino's Same. terrible for turning his back on him. And these are the same Angels fans, though, in October, at the end of the playoffs, were like, how do we get rid of him? Right. And, yeah, right. And there was a really, really, I mean, there's, there's always off-color tweets from, you know, low-level trolls that are just there to make Twitter bad. But there was actually a tweet from Keith Sharon, who used to be the editor of the sure. sports section. Of the OC at Register. The OC Register. Right. Yep. And he tweeted, Josh Hamilton traded to the Rangers for a kilo of heroin. I saw Ooh. that tweet. Wow. Yeah. I, I imagine someone is unemployed Monday. <laughs> yeah, that I was uh, very – I follow him. Um, I've had slight dealings <laughs> with him in the past. Um, th- that that was uh, – boy, you know, that's <laughs> one of the ones you, you wish you could get back, you know. Yeah, that was, the moment, that was the moment it was out there, it was too late. Bad as, that's yeah, bad as, not, if you're going to troll, at least be kind of like funny. That's not even that yeah, funny. Yeah, it was not even funny. Uh, <laughs> that was that was an unfortunate tweet. It's funny that you bring that up because I saw that and I, I stopped in my tracks and I was like, this this guy was a was an editor at the uh, at the register. register. That's uh, a pretty off color uh, comment, and like you said, not even funny. Uh, right. Yeah, that was, so, I was uh, disappointed reading that. Well, I, I guess Keith Sharon has now, de- you know, devolved into a low-level troll. Yeah, weird, huh? Um, Poor guy. I did, I did yeah. make the comment that, uh, you know, a lot of people thought the $15 million over three years that they're spending on Hamilton is a, you know, a steal for the Rangers, but uh, that there's a reason that, the lottery tickets are are so cheap. You know the odds of uh, of Hamilton just miraculously turning this around. I guess Lightning could strike twice, but uh, with with everything going on in the personal life, I wish him the best of luck in Texas. But uh, this looks like a guy that that has a lot of work to do in his life. It's a weird. It's it's a weird. Texas is a weird team right now. I, I watched them. The yeah, nights, they're kind of. Did you see a lot of the uh, when the Hamilton news was going down? A lot of people speculated that the Angels would be getting uh, the awful contract of Sensei Chu uh, in return, which is clearly not happening. No players are being exchanged. Uh, but yeah, those Prince Fielder and Sensei Chu contracts, whew, those aren't uh, those aren't going very well. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, well, Prince Field's all about them singles this year. <laughs> he almost he should have had a double the other night. I don't know how he didn't. Uh, he hit one like in the gap, rolled to the wall, and he like rounded first pretty hard. I, I I'm sure you guys saw it, but yeah, he needs to drop a trailer hitch. Um, <laughs> long story <laughs> short, Te- Texas is Texas is a team that just needs to rebuild so badly, and they're they're not. It's going to have to be put off for like immediate future just because, you know, of their roster. They're, they're stuck in a weird limbo of, yeah. uh, you know, like even Adrian Beltre, who, you know, I've been talking about being a Hall of Famer for years and years now. Uh, he's off to a terrible start. Um, but if, if things keep going poorly, don't you have to start unloading him? 
I mean, they've had some terrible luck with uh, Jerickson Profar, just can't stay healthy, and he's not developing. Uh, you know, obviously the pitching, everybody Andrews got hurt this off. year. And Andrews yeah. just doesn't look like uh, much. Yeah, that, that contract, which uh, looked like a bargain for a while, now all of a sudden doesn't look that great. Um, you know, losing Darvish obviously doesn't help. But the rest of the pitching isn't very good either. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a team in just kind of limbo. It's hard to, with some of the players that they have invested so much money into, how do you just do a complete rebuild? I mean, you'd have to send off Beltre this, you know, uh, July, and I don't think anybody's taking Fielder's contract on. The only reason they got the Fielder contract is they were they got them they traded that one, you know, for Ian Kindler. Yeah, right. So they just kind of swapped contracts, which was weird though because Kindler is still just fine. Yeah, still I, he's it, Kindler's the just same fine. Player. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, the whole he's the, the whole the only reason they traded Kinsler was what they wanted. They didn't want a spot for Profar, right? Right. Which now so, ends up being uh, Roughnet Odor's uh, spot, which is fine. He's a I like him a lot as a player, but uh, yeah, I mean, Detroit looks like they uh, they made out with a steal on that one. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it was it was funny the 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 bringing up of. Prince Fielder should have been a double the other night that Clint brought up uh, just to change gears and kind of get away from this Hamilton stuff because it's just too much anyway. But uh, I wonder what StatCast would have had on Prince Fielder for that. Yeah, so explain what, explain what StatCast is because uh, we're well, talking about... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm actually reading about it a little bit right now. Like Basically, when I saw it, the first telecast, which was like billed as like the first official telecast Monday night of Statcast in baseball. It was both Nationals and the Cardinals on MLB Network. I saw it and I, I expected I guess a lot more and it's like kind of the equivalent of baseball like adding a first down line. Like the NFL's been doing Statcast in essence when they show you third and six and how far it is to go to the first down line for years. You know, baseball shows you like what I noticed was you know, Denard Span leading off first, and you could see Denard Span. He, he has a visible, you know, two-foot longer lead than, uh, than Bryce Harper does. Or, you know, they show you with a weird little colorful gra- graphic line how much ground or, or, like, how much range an outfielder covers in so many seconds. And it, it, they're going to eventually turn it into, you know, how many rotations does the flyer make out of a guy's hand. It sounds like it could, it could expand into something really cool, and I think it's at its very basic level right now. But reading about it, it seems like baseball is trying to uh, – they, they devised this to appeal more to the younger generation, to the, the 18 to 29 demographic. Yet um, on the Facebook page of MLB, which, which I'm reading about, it, it, apparently Facebook is viewed more by that demographic by twofold than Twitter – and they have very little mention of, like, StatCast at all. So they're – MLB's still stuck in a time warp, I think, as a whole with, like, social media and stuff. But um, 
you know, the fat cast thing, it could be cool, but it's, it's a, like, it's a little much to for even like me to digest right now. I don't know how much, did you see a little bit of it, Mike? I saw a little bit of it. I, I mostly just from the highlights that they just played, um, on that, but on the app, but, uh, yeah, it, there was like there was one one bunt, and they you have you, you, the, the the I know bunts right. Oh, stop bunting. Anyway, they had the yellow line from the hitter running down the first base line, and then you have three other like squiggly lines going off from the fielders to track their movement as well. And it looked like you know if you hand a three year old crayon, yes, kind of thing, and say there's a wall, go do what you want. They look kind of like that. Except you had the one adult drawing a straight line. So, so it, 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 it sounds like, like um, it sounds like, like if I had filled FX data and I was illustrating it with MS Paint. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can get behind it's that. John Madden, it's, it's, it's John Madden drawing a, a telestrator doll at, at this stage of the game. Uh, all I right. think they're, they're, they're going to. Re- it that, bit, that will be good for the inadvertent penises that they draw all over the baseball field. That'll be that'll be worth it. You know yeah. that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen it's gonna happen eventually. Someone's gonna take a weird route and then someone's gonna take a screen grab of that weird route and go, Hey, there yeah. we go. Uh, that has productive outs written all over it. Yep. It's gonna okay. keep it's gonna keep well, uh, Mr. I mean, Mr. Archer and Breckenridge very busy. Yeah, if uh, if if they're leaking out some field FX data, I I can appreciate that because uh, I didn't think the public was going to get any of that. So as as far as field FX data, all it's going to be you know the speed that they take to get to the ball, the yep. the arc you know the degree route they take to get to the ball. But that'll that's so going to do a lot to improve uh, fielding scores, fielding data. Right. Right, so defensive numbers might get might get normalized here in the next couple of years, which would be just great. Maybe defensive run saves will actually be a, a you know a completely worthwhile stat, and not something where you have to wait five years and go, okay, now yeah. we can see what he's been, how well he's done as a as a defender. He's only right. been you know he's 29 now. We've seen him for a few years, but now we can judge him defensively. And look, yeah. he's oh. terrible. Because <laughs> he's yeah. got this negative three in there, even though he's got a slew of eights and nines, he's got that one negative three. So I'm not so sure about these this defensive abilities. Let's make him a DH. Hey, you you leave JB Shuck alone. <laughs> I I would never ever make fun of your wife's man crush. I would never do it. <laughs> yeah, she makes the weirdest players to root for. Hey, JB Shuck homered off my best friend. Fun fun fact. Homer off my best friend. No way. He could hit the ball. That's that's amazing. Yeah, my friend gave up homers to Seth Smith and J.B. Shuck, and uh, the one that Shuck did is probably still flying through the air. So, yeah, every time I bring up J.B. Shuck, he he shivers a little. Believe it or not, to to one man, J.B. Shuck strikes fear in his heart. (laughs) Oh, wow. My eyes water a little. That was great. Ah, uh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Okay, let's move on. But, now we can uh, so, uh, so anything uh, surprising you guys so far? Uh, we took uh, last week off, right? So anything uh, really caught your attention? Yeah, the Mets. 
They're not good. Yeah. Are, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, that is the, the Mets are not good. They won 11 straight games, but they're not good. I, I and they won again today. And, you know, they, um, I mean, Harvey threw, so that wasn't that big of a shocker. But, you know, they're getting it done with a, with a band of ragtags. You know, that Dick Darno <laughs> went on the DL. Um, they're un, undefeated at home. They're 10-0 at home. I'll say this about him, man. I think Terry Collins is a decent little manager, and most people overrate the manager position. But every time I turn the TV on, that guy, that guy's out fishing at an umpire in, in his ear. I mean, I think his players play hard. I, I think they're buying into him. I think they play hard, and you know they've got a little something going right now. I have to think that either the Marlins or the Nationals are going to gel here soon and, and just shake off a slow April and be like phenomenal the rest of the year and, and cut them down. But that that 11 game win streak tying a franchise record that was, I think that's got to be the top surprising story for me so far. I absolutely cannot get behind anything that says anything nice about Terry Collins. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm Why? fine what, with what that did too. He do? What did he do? Did he admit? Did he manage the Angels? He didn't. Yeah, he was a he was the manager of that '95 collapse team that just all of a sudden stopped playing baseball in like mid July. That was that was that was the, was that that was the, the one game playoff. Uh, was yeah, that, that was the Mariners one, Mar- Mar- one game playoff in the Kingdom. Uh, yeah. of Andy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that was right. that was Terry yeah. Collins' managed team. I cannot <laughs> I could not get behind anything nice said about Terry Collins ever, yeah. regardless of how you know adorably cute as a grandfather he looks now. <laughs> we'd, we'd like <laughs> everything you said struck in from the record on this podcast. Wow. I will say this about the Mets, and Jason Stark tweeted this earlier. The Mets' win streak may be over from, uh, from yesterday, but the only other three teams in the last 30 years to win 11-plus in a row in April all made the postseason. Wow. So That's, that's such a Stark, uh, stark stat. Yeah, well, and but he's, he's Jason Stark is always on top of you know uh, you know weird numbers like this. But of course, you know it's ESPN and they have Elias and they can just draw them in. But that's a that's a pretty that's a, that's a small percentage of teams that have had an 11 game winning streak in April over the last 30 years. Three teams all went to the playoffs. It's, uh, I'm not it's saying that means so the Mets are going strict to October, but they're not doing anything especially well. Right. Except uh, pitching. They look like they have a good defense, but that could be pitching aided. But I mean, they're middle of the pack and on base, and below the middle of the pack and slugging, and uh, yeah, they're hitting two forty four as a team. Uh, <laughs> I think they got an extra two wins for Barcelona alone, chasing down AJ. AJ that, that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Right. I didn't know uh, Bartolo Colon could move that fast. <laughs> I don't think Brzezinski thought so either. That's why he got so caught up. (laughs) If it was a taco truck trying to sell second, (laughs) I get it. Um, But, uh, yeah, that was was phenomenal. (laughs) He's done a lot of neat things this year. I mean, he took a swing one at bat this year. His helmet fell off, and I don't know what about it. His swings are a thing of beauty. I was chuckling all by myself in the living room for 20 seconds after I saw him swing. And I mean, he's just—he's—you've got to watch Bartolo Colon right now. Yeah, he's like he's a lava lamp. Four and zero, right? He's a lava lamp. He is. He's like Homer at the bat. He is. 
Yeah. Uh, so the Mets do, they do have the fourth best ERA in baseball. I, I guess I'm still surprised two guys uh, hand-in-hand with the Mets, the, the Royals. I mean, I don't see – look, they can still apply pressure with their speed and they play some good defense. But I don't – you know, I'm not in love with, like, their pitching staff. I know, you know, Wade, Wade Davis has done a good job taking over for Holland. They they do have a great pen. But um, I, I thought they'd slide back immediately, and, you know, here they are. They're, I think, the best team in the AL at the moment. The Royals. Yeah. They want to fight everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody. You know, one guy. One guy. Well, one guy. Well, one last fight. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Our tooth. Our toothpick friend who throws hot fire, Mr. Yeah. Ventura. Well, how big is that guy? Because he he looks one, like he's like a buck sixty. Yeah. Uh, game yesterday when, or two days ago, that's some like seven suspensions. When he yeah, when he got into it, because the same thing happened with Trout. Uh, Trout lined one up, up the middle, and Ventura started yelling at him at first base, and Trout, you know, shrugged and was like, "What are you, you know, why are you?" This was the next pitch after uh, Ventura buzzed the tower. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> when when Trout scores. Uh, I think Pujols uh, doubled or something. Trout scores. Ventura is backing up home plate and starts chewing at uh, Trout again. And it's like, that kid's got some balls to start start talking shit to Mike Trout, who has literally no neck. That guy is like a pit bull. He's like one giant muscle. Uh, That's some balls on that kid. (laughs) <laughs> Trout's quote after the game when they asked him about it because when he got to the plate, he's you know clapped his hands like he does and said, "Let's go to Matt Joyce who was coming up to bat." And Jordana Ventura was you know jarring at him or staring at him, whatever. And Trout's response to him was, "Are you okay?" <laughs> that was that was what Trout said. Are you okay? And, well, then the other uh, night he he got extremely pissed at Adam Eden for making an out. He you know hit a ball right back to him that ended the inning and uh, you know that. He, it's like Adrian Beltre doesn't like having his head touched. So I, I just he doesn't like having balls hit at him, you know. And, yeah, but that's not that's not that's not something. You do have to rectify that situation for himself. That he might any counseling, whatever you got to do, man. It's baseball balls are going to be flying at you all day long. Yeah, it's not it's nothing personal. But that's now. Let's see. Let's. Okay, so we've had two two with the White Sox because opening day with the White Sox, Samarja hit Kane a couple times. And that led to, you know, words and whatnot. Right. The Athletics, every game of their series last was the last weekend. Yep. They played last weekend with the A's. Every single game seemed to have so, – because, yeah, Brett Lowrie. Yeah, with Brett Lowrie and his, you know, takeout slide and then led to all kinds of balls in his face. And then um, we had the the one Angels game that had, you know, the, the hey, how's it going clearing. And then the White Sox again two nights ago. That one actually led to fists. Yeah, a lot of that was a great. He got five, I think. Samarja got five. Ventura Marja got five. Seven. Seven. got five. Jordana Ventura got seven. Um, that, that was one of the draws in in Volquez got five. Kane got two. Herrera got but, two. 
funny because I, I saw Jose Quintana actually get a couple punches and he didn't get anything. So he, he got lost in the shuffle of the um, StatCast didn't catch that. Um, and, you know, the How many pounds per square inch did that punch have? Yeah. <laughs> the best part about that brawl wasn't the actual brawl. It was they showed a replay of the umpire saying to Ventura, you know, hey, you know, back off, don't, because he said F you to Eaton. And the umpire was like, hey, you know, that's uncalled for. And, and then Ventura, in slow motion, to the umpire saying, hey, you know, I, I'm not doing anything. And all of a sudden, Hawk Harrelson goes, oh, Ventura, you're full of it. You. He, Hawk Harrelson balls him out on, on the air for 60 seconds about, you know, someday someone's going to teach him a lesson and give him a good whooping. And all, yeah. And it was, it was, that was great. Hawk Harrelson line, too. He also made the comment that if anyone wants to come after Jeff Samarja, I'm sure he's happy to oblige. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> Hawk Harrelson can be very funny sometimes. Usually he's... Love him. Just, usually I can't stand the man. He's nah, just su- to him. such a homer. And he can like be him. so terribly bad sometimes. But every once in a while he has some really good ones. But if I, I, mean, but if I hear, you know, stretch. Oh. Stretch. Yeah, today he was he was whining about a ball that that a blooper that should have landed fair that landed foul. He was he was so upset about it. I mean, he just gets me chuckling. I mean, I don't. Do you think anybody's ever had a talk with him about maybe being a little less biased? Or they? I mean, you think anyone's ever said you, you know you can't be this way? No, I don't think so. No way. You can't even the White Sox fans with nose dive. The, the people. Uh, that like him, love him. I'm sure White Sox fans, I think, in general are, you know, enjoy listening to him. Um, I always enjoyed Rex Hudler. But he <laughs> Another serious so, homer. He wasn't, yeah, he wasn't so much as annoying as he just seemed like a golden retriever puppy. He was just happy about everything that happened. Yeah, Rex Hudler was something I else. I, I, do miss, I do miss the Wonder Dog every, every now and then. But uh, like, at the same time, though, with Rex Hudler being gone, that meant Steve Fiziot got to go, too. And, 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 and Rex Hudler yeah. is now the so they're, the, the but they're with the Royals now, right? The Royals. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So that means oh, that last night you either had, over this past weekend, you either had Hawk Harrelson or Fiziot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's what, uh, watch that game on mute, personally. Stretch. Stretch. Ah, you can put it on the... Shut up. Get up. Get up. Get up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love the man. Why can't every team have a Bob Euchre and a Vince Scully? Why can't that just be a thing? Right. Every, we're going to clone Euchre. We're going to clone Scully. And we're going to split them up 50-50. Some of you guys get straight comedy. Some of you guys get straight great stories. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. Everyone gets that. I'm, but no, I'm convinced that Scully is going to just outlive us all. He's going to be calling baseball uh, for like 30 more years. I'm going to have to call out sick the day that he goes. It, 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 when, yeah. his, when his clock, when his number comes up and he, you know, and he's, and he passes on, I might have to call off sick from work just because and, and I, I read this, just I read this story once. I read this story once. You can, from Vince, Vince Scully's first game broadcasting was a Dodgers-Philadelphia Athletics spring training game. 
Connie Mack was still the manager. Of wow, Atlanta. man. So you can actually trace baseball history back between two people. Because Connie amazing. Mack was a catcher in the 1880s. So you can go from Connie Mack to Scully to today. And, which and is that just another, pretty amazing. That is why I love baseball right there, yeah. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, if Vince Scully, and, I mean, gosh, it's going to be a terrible day. It's like a family member is going to be gone. Because every year comes spring training, I, I don't like the Dodgers. I've never liked the Dodgers. But every year comes spring training, I have to catch a Dodgers game just to hear Vince Scully's voice, just to know that spring's back because it makes it feel real again. Yeah, he's, I, I don't think anybody's uh, <laughs> doubting that he's, he's the, the greatest of all time. Uh, there's I nobody wrote the list, I don't think. No. Uh, anything else surprising you guys right now? Let's see. Uh, the Houston Astros to the top to AL West. That's what we all had, right? Well, yeah. I didn't, I didn't even realize it happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, they're all pretty tightly grouped together. Um, we do have two over-under settled, though, already. Yeah, that's true. We do. I was uh I should have been way more specific with Chris Bryant. Uh I didn't realize it was gonna be the exact twelve literally the twelve days <laughs> and then he was getting called up. I will tell you that I went to the Iowa Cubs game. Uh the there was a double header, I didn't stay for the second game. I think that was the one he homered in. I did see him strike out uh before the game. Nicest guy, he signs for everybody. So I handed him a ball to sign. I uh, I asked him if he was getting the call the following day, which was a Friday. And he said, well, you guys know more than me. I'm just hoping that uh, it comes pretty soon. And by the time I got home from the game, he had been called up. I was like, that dude lied straight to my face. <laughs> and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So... Uh, yeah, so maybe so not that as nice over, as we thought. What, what was what was the uh, the the other over under that we already have? Josh played? Hamilton games played for oh, the yeah. Angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what we all I, got which what what did I set that at? Let me say seventy five. Sixty one. Yeah. You said you said that a seventy five game. Wait, hang on. And... Clint Clint had the over on that. Clint. Oh wow! That means that. I mean, I'm yeah. in the lead because I got two right so far. Yeah, Mike and I. Uh, Go, Mike. Mike and I both uh, took the under on that one. Sweet. I like being in first place. This is fun. If the Angels yeah. can be in first place, I want to be in first place. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> but sorry, the season's not won in April. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm surprised too that like Nelson Cruz is hitting again. And honestly, I know he can't play the outfield or the damn MJ, but he made a pretty good play in the outfield the other night, and I thought about you. It, it, it happened. It happened at least once this year. I he hit a laser but, beam into the, uh, into the upper deck yesterday. He's hitting laser beams every night. and I mean, I owned the guy in fantasy in 2010, and like no one's ever pissed me off more. And either he, he's back on something, or I don't know. I mean, this is... I just didn't see it. Uh, I, I know last year that, you know, Baltimore seems to kind of, like, do that to people. But I just thought he would come out to Seattle and be an okay addition. I mean, he's going to hit, like, 40 homers again, I, unless he gets hurt. Yeah, that's, 
what was was that a what was the deal on that? What did he sign? I can't remember. Was it one year? No, it's not a one year deal. I think it's I think it's a three year deal, but it's not worth it's not worth a boatload of money. It was just you know like a yeah, average deal three. because for the most part yeah. he's kind of like a one trick pony. You know, yeah. So the Mariners are smart. Didn't show out a ton of cash. Hey, show out you know what? If, if hitting home runs in Seattle is your one trick, that's good enough. That's a pretty good trick. <laughs> yeah, he's a six B WAR, a point six B WAR right now. One point one offensively, and a minus five in the field. Minus oh, five in the field. He's so, played what? Like uh, seven innings in the field. He already got a minus five. <laughs> he has played. <laughs> He has played 12 games in right, 110 innings. So he hasn't played very much, and he's already – they've already determined that he's he's, uh, he's losing ground out there. He's the, So you could put a glove on a traffic cone. Boom. Nelson Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah. Wow. Things or are not going negative. well for the Pelicans right now, by the way, guys. I know you're hey, really, you're concerned. To change gears, and we we have to do it every show. I mean, let's talk about Mike Trout. Mike Trout, uh, the game in Houston. I think he had last weekend. He hit his hundred and hundred first home run and became the youngest player in baseball history to have a hundred homers and a hundred steals. Correct. Yeah, and he's yeah, already got five. Yeah. And he's already got five steals this year, which is well ahead of his you know, sixteen steal pace last year. Oh, he's running, boys. Yeah, he's yeah. He, but he's only good for one star. Sixteen was pretty. I, I don't know how that happened, but some say it's Pujols. He doesn't like people running or stealing while he's at the plate. It distracts him or something like that. And if that's the case, you know, get over it. Albert, I, no one, no one cares. Right, you're hitting, you're hitting a buck seventy four right now, or something like that. Right, <laughs> you're, let the guy uh, run. You're, at, you know, you're probably not even second fiddle to Mike Trout on that team now. Mike Trout's so. one through five fiddles. Yeah, he's, um, he's dueling banjos all by himself. But everything looks, you know, MVP worthy. Walk rate up. That? Strikeout rates down. I actually looked at that. His isolated isolated slugging was down from last year's overall finishing number, something like 50-point difference. But 70. That's 70-point difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. All right, it was still, I mean, what, his his ISO is still like 200 right Mm -hmm. now. So it's not like he's not hitting for power. He just hasn't hit a, you know, bunch of home runs already this year. And that's the kind of thing that comes for him. I mean, he's he's always he gets stupid hot in June and July, just yeah, scorching hot. So come June uh, and July, we're watching this thing going. You say, "Oh boy, it's my turn." Is there anything to the Angels uh, starting slow in April? They seem to do it every year. I mean, the record's not terrible this year, but it seems like every year they just get off to a slow start. I made the argument. I want to say. I want to say it was a couple of years ago I made the argument after yeah it was after the 2013 season, and uh, I made the argument that I don't think so I didn't think so played the players enough during spring training. It seemed like you know like there was one Royals game that's that specific spring before the 2013 season where two of their starting pitchers 
pitched in the game and went four innings apiece. James Shields was one of them, and I can't remember who the other one was. But they both threw four innings. And it always seems like Soch is just ultra-conservative. And it was weird because in 2014, it seemed like he pushed his players to play more innings in spring training. And, you know, the April slow start still kind of happened, but it wasn't nearly as profound as the year before. I, I, so does it make sense? I don't know. I thought there was a correlation to that, but apparently I was wrong. <laughs> because they just still, I don't know, April sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, aside from uh, Trout, uh, Colhoun's hitting, but everybody else yeah. really isn't. Yeah, I liked that yeah. game the other night that uh, the, the Angels won the game having one hit. One hit. A two-run bomb off Jesse Chavez. <laughs> Mike Soja's yeah. comment after Mike Soja's comment after the game. I've been, you know, Jared Weaver's no hitter in L.A. They lost, so it was better to win with one hit than lose giving up no hits. Right. Is there any games when you win with one hit? So, but I believe it was, I ended up was hitting one eleven or something. Who else to me? He's he's. Uh, I, I, you know, I still think he's going to have a pretty good season. I mean, I don't. I know he's riding the interstate right now, but I, I just don't think he's going to ever allow himself to. I don't think we're ever going to see him completely collapse. And somebody might like say, "Pujols," you know. I, oh I think yeah. I mean, he's still stinging balls. I saw him last night. He hit three really hard balls, all for outs. But he's, he's. I just think he's had some bad luck. I'd be interested to see what his Babbitt is. I don't have my computer in front of me. Um, I'm not I'm not too concerned about him. No. I think he's going to be productive. You know, he's obviously that contract is god-awful, but I think he's at least going to be productive for, you know, some of it. I would like right. to see them. He hasn't been a him. disaster. What, what would you guys think about moving him to two? And I know it's probably been discussed, but moving him to two and, and – Trout to three. I'd actually rather move Pujols down to four. Okay, well, Trout want, to three. Yeah, that that's fine with me. You want Trout hitting uh, second? I mean, that's. I actually, I and I used to argue with um, with my friend Kevin, who I used to we used to podcast for LA Angels Insider. I we used to argue. Uh, yeah, Lappin, Kevin Lappin. We used to argue for. I edited hit too. Ooh, for the on base. Yeah, for the well, not just the on base, but the amount of pitches that he sees. Yeah, but yeah, the on base percentage, the amount of pitches he sees. I mean, that is you know lineup optimization. And then, but there was some mm-hmm. article that came out where the best hitter should actually hit second. And yeah, there was fan graphs like that, which makes sense. Then Mike Trout hit second, but Pujols isn't a three hitter anymore. You want your best hitters hitting second and fourth. Right. And then really lineup construction doesn't matter that much. So Especially doesn't matter after the first You really inning. can't screw it up too much. But ideally, and there's been just so many words written about this, um, you want your best hitter hitting second and your second best hitter hitting fourth. Right. So Trout hits second, and then fourth you have, I don't know, I, I, I like, like Colhoun leading off, actually. I, you, exactly. 
It's so, a weird. He's a weird comedy. He's not. He's not. You know, fast. He's not slow. I don't. I don't this, think there's a, a really a an ideal hitter to hit fourth right now on that team. No. Well, David Freese is doing something with it. Yeah. Didn't well, see that coming. Well, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long uh, Freese sticks around. This is his walk year, right? He's free agent after this season. Uh, and I kind of like Kibitz a little bit. I think he's going to be okay. So I think he, uh, there might be uh, some time stealing coming up in the second half of this season because uh, I've, I've never really cared for Freese. Pujols, no, by the way, uh, is is not off to a hot start. He's got three home runs, but uh, he's hitting 177, 261, 355, and playing yeah. terrible defense. He's made some pretty good stops over there at first base. I mean, his range might suck, but there's not a whole lot getting past him. Yeah, he's if it's, uh, if it's within well, six inches of his feet. He's making the stop. <laughs> Once you, know, you go outside of that range, though, it's a little different. People always uh, talk about him being a good defensive first baseman. And he has had two seasons with a positive UZR. That was rookie year in 2001 and 2007. He's been negative every other year. Maybe he's just really good when a ball is near him. He catches well. <laughs> yeah, I, he catches sure. well. <laughs> Whatever helps he you. He certainly not. doesn't throw well. <laughs> no. I mean, there's, weird... there's going to be a lot of DH in his future, but, uh, just... I you know, I don't know what they're going to find for first base because it's not like Crone is uh, lighting it up defensively either. Oh, man. Guy's got cinder blocks for hands. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> terrible defensively, and he showed up. He showed up in minor in the minor leagues with a torn labrum, and the and Angels fans know how well Kevin Escobar did after a torn labrum. So, but no, the Kyle Kibitz the thing you were bringing up. Kyle Kibitz does look good, and that kind of scares me because I love Caleb Cowart, and I really want Caleb Cowart to be fantastic. But again, already in high A, he's back to not hitting anything. So I'm thinking reliever in his future next year. Yeah. Uh, you think they even give him the full season this year? I think they give. I think they give him one more shot full season because they moved him down from Double A to High A. And that's first thought. He and he spent two seasons in Double A. Yeah. So very not not basically you're saying to him. Go see if you. I mean, he's still young, but now you're like now you're sending him down to see if he can even hit kids younger than him. Yeah, and if that's I, not I think the case, it's, I think it's over. I think the earlier they uh, cut the cord on this project, the better. But I don't think he's you know a starting pitcher. We'll I think he's a reliever, best. At best, hey, look, a reliever. you know what? If you get two years of relief out of him, it's not the worst first-round pick in the history of baseball. Right. But he's also Rule 5 eligible next year. So, Well, he already was. And Oh, that's right. Everybody he's on the 40-man or whatever. Yeah, yeah. everybody oh. passed on him. So, 
maybe they well, that'd be a good reason to not have him convert to relieving relief this year and wait until after the rule five next year to make him to try out relieving relieving. Yeah, and then and you can back in the then minors. You, yeah, then you bring it up as a reliever and maybe it's worth something and then if it's not worth something, if he gets taken he gets taken and so on and so forth. Right. But, yeah, I th- I think uh the <laughs> that's put another failed uh future third baseman on the board for the Angels. McPherson would coward. Yeah. So the harbingers of death. Man. It's crazy. You know, that uh, that's my point about Troy Gloss. Look at what the the Angels have done since he left. Right. They're, I think I looked it up the other night, but uh, I think I think it might be Figgins has the best uh, WAR since Gloss, but it it could very well be uh, Alberto Cayasco. I can't remember. How sad no. is that? No way. Well, Figgins had that one really good his walk year. I think he had. Like yeah, his walk eight. year was awesome, but he wasn't. It wasn't terrible yeah. before then. His walk year was just great, and then he signed with the Mariners and was nothing. But yeah, almost out of baseball immediately. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's. I mean, still, that's what we're talking about. Sean Figgins and Alberto Cayaspo. That's the hole at third base the Angels have had since Troy Gloss left. Well. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, let's move on from the Angels. Uh, yeah. I think Clint's getting bored. Um, Clint, did you geek out to two grand slams in the same game last week? I did, but then I remembered it was, like, against the Brewers, and <laughs> then the uh, then the Reds lost it. You know, pretty frustrating game last night, and Brian, Brian Price dropped 77 F-bombs, and it's just... Uh, it's it's going to be that type of year. It's going to be a 77 f bombs in a day type of year for the for the old red legs. Jay Bruce is hitting you know, uh, 169. Um, yeah. Joey, that's that funny. Uh, the next uh, the next thing I was going to bring up actually was the Brewers. Uh, so, oh my a bad god, club. That is a bad club. Obviously, like do they but, they just need to start planning for the draft now because. They look awful. Yeah, I think we've seen maybe Braun's funeral too. I mean, it's that there's some levity to that thumb injury. I, I, he's he's screwed up. I mean, I he, I don't know if he's ever going to be right again. Well, he's also clean. Yeah, but he yeah. Was a little after he was clean. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think that's so much uh, the problem. Is the injuries are just. You know, unless, unless the the whatever he was taking was helping with the injuries, because uh, you know the well, talent was there. That, Again, we've had, that, we've like had that conversation before, though. Is that that's one of the byproducts of HGH yeah. is that you heal quicker? Right. Sure. Right. So if he had if he had injury issues in the past and he was you know taking human growth hormone, then yeah, he was able to get past his injuries quicker, and there wasn't as big a deal, and he could put up his monster numbers. So it's possible, not saying it's the case, but it is possible that he's clean now, not taking HGH, and now these injuries that he didn't have an issue with before because of HGH are now an issue because he can't heal as quickly. Could be. That's fair. Um, I haven't actually looked up the stats, but is uh, Gene Segura terrible? 
No, he's not. And I, I wanted to say, I mean, he might be MJ terrible, um, but at least, at least mm-hmm. like to the very surfacey reviewing fantasy baseball player like me, he's he's back a little bit. He's doing some good things. Hit three hits off Wainwright tonight, stealing bag. Like I'm ready. I mean, he's at least who he was. I think two years ago offensively. Now I don't know what he does with the glove. I'm, you might tell me he's terrible with the glove, and and I accept that. But uh, he's he is a nice little player, I guess. I feel like um, last last year was rough. Yeah, I know it was. I know it was. But he's he looks to be back. Um, he's really the only bright spot I can think of on that whole club, which is terrible. I mean, they're even worse. Obviously, everyone's going to be like, "Yeah, they're bad," and everybody knows that. But I mean, if you actually watch them for a full series you're going to say to yourself, holy shit. I mean, this is the, I think that's the worst team in baseball, bar none, at the end of the year. I mean, they're – who's their manager? Who is it? Renicky. Renicky. Yeah. He's gone by the all-star break. I, I mean, it's going to be – I can't see him surviving a full year. That's, uh, that's too bad. The coaching tree. Yep, that's another one. And that's but that's He's too bad though that 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 Renicky would take the fall because of Braun being hurt. Lou Croy had a hamstring issue coming into the year. Carlos Gomez is hurt, isn't he? Yep, he yeah, hurt. Because he hasn't started any fights, so I figured he was hurt. Um, I, that's and that's <laughs> your that's your core three. That's the, <laughs> uh, no one no one's gotten bented him for you know not flipping a triple, but no, he just that's your core three for the Brewers right there. Braun, yeah, they have, and they have no they have no pitching either. Exactly, no. so, and if and if Renicky takes the fall for that, it's just there's only so much a manager can actually control, and he definitely can't control injuries. So, I feel bad for Renicky. Is what I feel. Is how I feel. I feel really bad for Ron Renicky if he loses his job because of injuries and underperforming. Right. Right. And I think I he'll, I think he'll bounce back. I don't think he, I, he'd be out of baseball too long. The weird no. thing is, is I think they were looking at extending their GM recently. As, as odd as that sounds, I'm pretty sure they were talking extension with him. The Kennedy? Or, uh, uh, that, that minor league system has taken a beating over the years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're looking at uh, what's the, the one pitcher that they have up? I don't know if he's even fierce, uh, rookie eligible. Fires, yeah, fierce. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's boy, that's about it, huh? The the one who's the only real calling card is ending Sean Carlos Stanton's season last year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wow. what, an, what an asshole! What an asshole! What, let's just give a quick mention to Stanton. He hit his last two homers were so impressive. The, the line drive rapier shot got about twelve feet <laughs> yeah. off the ground. It hit, it hit a pole and then bounced about 30 feet in the air. Um, that wow. Was silly. And <laughs> I then, didn't see yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, check it out. And then and then he hit one tonight or this afternoon that, you know, it's one of those video game home runs. It doesn't even look real. It was a hanging slider, and it ended up, you know, 460 feet over the Clevelander sign in Miami. I mean, I don't know if there's anybody – there's no more more fun to watch than Trout, but there's nobody more fun for me to watch to hit homers than than Big G. See, Mark. So I actually, was I actually saw the uh, the stat about that home run 
uh, it was like 46 feet off the ground. It was like a straight laser into the sand. 115 mile an hour exit speed. Yeah, and uh, that actually isn't the uh, shortest one over the fence. Uh, Brian McCann had one forty-five. So, well, there was there's, there's was some good easy, there were some good Mark Trumbo stories. There was the one there was the home run he hit in Oakland a, a few years ago that even Victor Rojas about lost every every sense of professional broadcasting <laughs> when he hit it. He's just he's like, oh, oh my god, wow! That even the crowd in Oakland went, whoa. You hear the entire crowd as one person. Whoa! As the as the thing just just oh, launched. Wow. And Peter and oh, Peter Borges told us. Peter Borges. Hi, hi, puppy. And Peter Borges told a story about Mark Trumbo in, in the minor leagues. He, I think it was in AAA, but he said he hit a line drive that the shortstop jumped for, and it just kept <laughs> going up. And it just kept going up and left the stadium. So, I mean, John Carlos Stanton and Mark Trumbo, for me, today, in today's baseball, creates so much leverage when they get a hold of one that who knows where this ball's landing. Those two are probably the most stupid strong in all of baseball when it comes to just raw power. I enjoy a Mark Trumbo home run, very much so. Isn't it it amazing how home runs uh, can cause even the most professional of guys to, to lose their objectivity a little bit. You know, like I, I was watching the other day, Harper hit one. It was incredible in, in Washington. And uh, Bob Carpenter was like, he was like, oh, my goodness, we've never seen one hit out there. I mean, he was, you know, clearly he needed a change of underwear. And <laughs> you even hear, you even hear, I mean, Vince Scully, that's as, that's as non-objective as he'll get. He'll, he'll say, uh, I forget his signature call when someone hits a big one, but you know the home run has a, has an amazing way of making these guys who are so professional even you know become a little bit of a fan. It brings out the brings out the boy in them. All about the dingers, baby. Mm-hmm. All about them sweet sweet dingers. <laughs> All about the Timbo uh, Forty Four. Just just to update you guys on uh, the. Angels-Rangers game that I'm blacked out of on MLB.TV. Fox Sports Southwest has now put another soccer game on. <laughs> well, so what you missed, MJ, was I ended up just, just let one go through the five hole uh, into the net, and uh, one of the Rangers scored from third. That's what um, you missed. Okay, great. So I ended up looking terrible defensively this year, but He's never really been a great defensive catcher. So, that's awesome. But the good news is Mike Trout's going up right now. That's oh, well, I'll I'll watch uh, this. Uh, no, I'm going to watch people run around on grass. <laughs> hey, easy on easy on the soccer, buddy. Who's playing, who's playing now? Uh, now it's Monaco and Juventud Guerrero. Uh, wait, that might have been a wrestler <laughs> from the 90s. Yeah, he was. <laughs> WCW. Um, so it's not, okay, of, not Real well, Madrid. Well done. well done, Clint. Speaking of wrestlers <laughs> from the 90s, let's talk Chris Bryant. Even though it has nothing to do with wrestlers from the 90s, I just, just you guys have That was a great segue. An amazing, <laughs> amazing transition. Yeah, we've got to get him in somehow. 
Point six more already. Point six, okay. So he's point three behind Mike Trout, and he had a and Trout had a twelve day head start. All right, I'm waiting for the stones. Anybody? Throw yeah. Stones. I I like him. <laughs> what's I mean? What's not to like? I compared him to Trout. Anyway, yeah, well, so is, is, that is, was is, they had to play in center field the other day, didn't they? Yeah, he actually, uh, he actually, I think was a replacement in center field, and then started the next game in center field. Uh, and I, I think, think uh, Mike cool. Rosenbaum I... said it was because they didn't want him to worry about running into walls or something that he'd be more comfortable in center. Okay, I, I think the okay. versus. I think the versatility factor is like one of the coolest things about Bryant. You know, there's just not that many guys his size. I believe he's six six. That yeah, he's he's a big dude. You can just throw at third one day and then center the next. I mean, I think that speaks to his. That's not an easy thing to do. I mean, I I played both those positions at like the high school level, and it's totally different. You know, and uh, I, I think that he's going to be. Just an amazing player, and that, and that speaks a little bit to his his value. But yeah, back I've seen him take. He's just got such a mature approach, you know. Outside of that first game, when he struck out a few times, I mean, he's he's drawing walks. I mean, he's uh, he hasn't he hasn't dropped a bomb yet, but he's, did he get a little he's league home run? So there's that little league home run. I mean, he's, he's he did have one little league home run. It didn't count as an inside the park home run, so he doesn't still doesn't have an official dinger. But yeah. he did have – he almost tripped coming around third base, and then you're trying to get back and then caught in a rundown, and, but scored because catcher couldn't hang on to the ball. But he almost tripped on his bat too, so he almost tripped twice down the third baseline. <laughs> it was like something right out of T-ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, uh, he is hitting just fine. His uh, walk rate and strikeout rate are exactly the same at 21.1%. Uh, but the BABIP is 524, so that's going to come down a, a, a smidge. That's a little high. And we're talking about 38 plate appearances. So let's not compare him to Trout just yet. No, no, no. Which, of course, my favorite stat is that uh, Mike Trout is five months older than Chris Bryant. Wow. Still funny. Yeah. Five months. Unbelievable. Yeah, Mike Trout is the seasoned vet. Bryce Harper is what, the seasoned so vet Harper. compared to Chris Bryant. And Bryce Harper is nine uh, months younger. Yeah, yeah, I think Addison Russell is the youngest player now in he's the majors. Here. And he's like nine days younger than Bryce Harper. Yeah, and, and Harper's also in his fourth season. That was, a, that was a good segue. Um, did that come to any surprise? That seemed like it happened quickly. Addison Russell, Russell yeah. That, I thought he was going to spend the whole season down. Me too. I guess he's uh, got a, playing second. Yeah. they got a fun young core in, in Chicago that's going to be really fun to watch for quite a long time. It's almost... Agreed. So the interesting thing I think about that is uh, what happens to Javier Baez now. And yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Can Can you imagine if he worked out, like, the logjam that they – I mean, I got, not the logjam, but that's, like, almost oh, yeah. fair if they all well, work out. Well, you could out. either – Because then you, you could either... move Castro. Right. 
he'd slide Russell over to short and have Baez at second. But Baez might just not be able to hit major league pitching. Right. But I want him to strike out more than 150 times in three months this year. Well, that that got it's got to happen. <laughs> I he's just I don't know he's it, there's such a just watching him swing a bat. It's it's so much fun to watch because you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> he might he might you know pirouette at, at at home plate, miss completely, and just fall down in his butt, or he might hit it 450 feet. I, we don't know which one's going to happen. Who knows? So he's. It's almost like it's not like a Vladimir Guerrero where you stop what you're doing to watch him hit kind of thing, or Mike Trout where you stop what you're doing to watch him hit, or John Carlos Stanton where you stop to watch him, you know, because you want to see what's going to happen. It's going to happen positive, so on and so forth. You almost want to see what kind of comedy can come out of Javier Baez swinging a baseball bat. You stop and watch him just to see which which end of the comedic spectrum he falls on. But, I mean, that the bat speed's legit. <laughs> if we can just figure it out a little bit. I, I don't, he but they be, want him to slow it down. He could, like if he slowed it down, he could control it better. But then if he slowed it down, is he a 40-home-run second baseman like they're, think they've been touting him to be? If he slows not, it down just even a hair? if he slows down the, the bat speed. I mean, that's he's you know generating all of his power from his wrist. I mean, it's oh, it's not like he's a little dude, but I mean, it'd be nice to see him work out too. It'd be it, you know, and they could get a nice, a decent little haul back for Starling Castro because he's a good player. So it's not you know he's not blocked by a player that's terrible. He's blocked by a good player. He just needs to figure. just needs to figure himself out. So yeah, and, I mean, and then and they, they, they could they could certainly use uh, a starting pitcher if they could move one of those guys. And Theo Epstein's a damn genius. Who knows what he can get for Sterling Castro? I mean, right. you got John Lester to try a pickoff move, so. <laughs> yeah, so. He slipped that in well. Have, I kind of want to transition into that anyway. How crazy is this Lester stuff? Everyone's running on him because they know he's not going to try to pick off. And when he does try to pick off, it's just airmailed. He's, a, yeah, he's like afraid of How is like that? Yips. Yeah, I I realize the yips are a legit baseball condition, but how crazy is that? That was like his first pickoff attempt in like three years uh, the other night. And he throws uh, five feet how, over Rizzo's head. How 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 common is that to just like all of a sudden that you just you can't even you you can't make a routine throw to first base? He's a lefty. Right, that should be he can, a, and he can paint. He paints at 94 miles an hour, 60 feet, 6 inches, but a 30-foot lob throw is just too much. Yeah, it's it's out of his comprehension. <laughs> the same thing happened to Chuck Knobloch uh, when he <laughs> became a Yankee, uh, which they moved him from second base to shortstop, or they moved him from uh, second base to center field, right? Yeah, they got him and away from the infield because he couldn't make the short throw first base. The, and then he, couldn't throw back into the, he couldn't even throw it back into the infield. Mm-hmm. Or Rick Ankiel in pitching. How he <laughs> yeah. went from being an, you know, what was he, a perennial all-star that year 
to in the playoffs just could not find the plate. That I saw couldn't, those, I couldn't find the plate. He was throwing it into the screen of the backstop. Yeah. On um, a regular yeah, basis. And you just feel so bad for him at that moment, too. And there was some, I saw a video a few months ago. I, was, I don't know why I was searching Rick Ankiel on YouTube, but I was. And it was a, a minor league video from the following year after those playoffs and still could not throw a strike. It was like 10, 10 or 12 straight balls, bases loaded, and they stopped. You know, the coach came out, catcher comes out, next pitch, throws a strike, and the crowd stood and applauded for him for throwing a strike. <laughs> and it just it was either, A, they rallied behind him, or B, it was crushing for him and yeah, embarrassing right. for him right. to get an applause for throwing a strike. But then he became an outfielder who could hit for power and throw laser yeah. beams from center field to third base. Yeah. So, you know. So, uh, my question, Clint, you played some competitive baseball. Uh, I can't speak for myself on the one year that I played Little League uh, and was terrified of being hit by a pitch. So, did you... <laughs> <laughs> did you see? Uh, did you see this? Have you seen yips like that? Um, I've had the yips, guys. So yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Walk us so, through uh, that. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly one of the weirdest things that's ever happened in my life. So uh, my first game I ever got put into in college, um, it was we were up like fifteen to two, and I get um, I think I'm a freshman. And the coach says, you know, go play left field. And I'm warming up. And, I mean, I've thrown a baseball, you know, a, a gazillion times in my life. Like, it's, you know, I could do it with my eyes shut. And I go out, and I kind of feel a little weird. And the guy that comes out, the kid that comes out to warm me up, and, and we're throwing along the line. First ball, I throw it 20 feet over his head. And I, and I, start, I try to laugh it off, but I felt something inside me wrong. Second ball. Uh, fired 15 feet over his head again, and then the kid looks at me, kind of like, you know, what the hell? And I, and I'm like, I start to kind of feel uh, like, I feel like I'm like two feet tall, and and this is all really weird because, again, I've never been nervous on a baseball field in my life. And he throws me the ball back again, fired again, you know, hits the hits the fence behind him, um, and I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, like I'm freaking out, and I realize what's happening. I'm freaking out because I'm in my first college baseball game. My legs are shaky. I can't feel the ball in my hand. Um, finally, I, I did it probably five times. I mean, to the point of I was afraid somebody was going to see what was happening. And finally, I told the kid. I mean, the kids like looking at me like, "You really want me to go get this ball again?" Finally, I just wave them off, and I'm like, you know, I- I'm good, <laughs> which I wasn't good. And after that. I'm standing there for the first time in my life. I had the horrifying feeling of, I really don't, I don't want a ball hit to me this inning. You know, I want this game to end. I want three outs to come without it. And like, I, it never really happened again like that. Um, but I can actually relate to these things that I see these guys go through because that was like, you know, it went away for me, but I've read stories on guys where it never went away for, and obviously a guy's at a much higher level. You know, you're playing for your Yeah, business. just can't can't get it out of your head. and Yeah, it just and I, I self-perpetuates it, itself. Oh, and it continues to corkscrew, and it's a, it's a very real and scary thing. You know, I mean, I 
the yips, the yips are real. Yeah, I, I saw them. Wow. I mean, I played in the high school, but I and I never, I never saw stuff like that. So to hear about them is foreign to me because I've never seen it. That's that's intense. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine. I play, I mean, I play catch with my kid, my son now. I couldn't imagine if all of a sudden, twenty five years after I learned how to throw a baseball correctly, I just, I wasn't able to throw it right. That would be foreign to me. It'd be alien to me. So, damn. who got the yips? And was it Mark Wallers? You guys remember Mark Wallers? Yeah, sure, uh, Braves. Yeah, I'm trying to think. A big time closer a few years ago got the yips. And I, I think that was the end of his career with the Braves, and I think he overcame it somewhat, and he ended up finishing with the Reds and was respectable. I'm trying to think of guys that actually beat it. Ankiel never really got over it, did he? When no, he, they they moved. He never got over yeah. it as a pitcher, but as an outfielder, he he was a good player. He was a decent he was player. Nabok never got over it. Nabok was no, awful. Was done. I mean, that was basically the I end of his career. Keith Olbermann never let Knobloch live that down. Man, he was so good, though. He was, for and just a, a wonderful leadoff hitter, a great second baseman, and just all of a sudden, nothing. It was, you know, like something just switched. And I doubt he even knew where it came from. Yeah, that was just like, just like, just like with Clint. I mean, I, I didn't know where it came from. It just all of a sudden, what happened? You know, am I right? I can't remember. Did the Yankees move him because of that, or did they put him into the? I don't remember when his position uh, change came. Not block. He, he moved was... from second to left his like last two years, I think, and they tried to kind of work around it. Oh yeah, he played. I, I... Uh, he played a bunch of games at second base for the Yankees. Yeah, that's when that's when the trouble came. Yeah, he played uh, almost two hundred and yeah, he played like two hundred and eighty games at second for uh, for the Yankees between eighty eight two thousand before they moved him to left field. Sorry, I had to pull him up real quick to see what uh. Uh, basically a 40-career war. He, really he might be the, the best player to ever get the yips. Man, I, and he was, like, crazy good uh, at second. Starting from 92, he had a 9.7 UZR, 9.8, 5. 5.3, 10.6, 12.5, was 18.8. And then he got to the Yankees, negative 2.3, negative 13.2, negative 11, negative 9.2. Oh, he, he, he was making a sports psychologist some serious money out of, out of Steinbrenner's <laughs> pocket those years. Seriously. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, he got to the Yankees and forgot how to <laughs> throw a baseball. You, you've inspired me when we hang up. I'm going to see if he – I don't think he ever talked about that incident ever then or really after. I don't think a lot was said on that, but if there's something out there on the internet, I'd, I'd love to read, you know, his account of that because that's wild. You know, I didn't realize what a great second baseman he was at one point. Yeah, he had he had stellar numbers, and then it just all fell apart. 
Well, Jeff Weaver, Jeff Weaver wasn't a terrible pitcher until he got to the uh, Yankees. Maybe it's something to do with, you know, the Bronx. It's that water. It's it's good good for pizza and bagels. Terrible throwing baseballs. But but no, to to be real on it, though, some some people, I mean, they they talk about that fishbowl effect of New York and the fishbowl effect of, like, Boston. Just, you know, everything's kind of, you know, swarms on them because of where they're at. And some guys just, you know, can't handle, can't hang. They just can't do it. It's too much for them. And that could be the situation with guys like Jeff Weaver, Chuck Knobloch. I mean, who else seriously underperformed once they got to New York? I'm sure it's not a small list. Hideki Arabu? Arabu, yeah. Um, I mean, it's not, it's not just a little thing. There's a lot of guys that couldn't do it. So maybe that, maybe that played a part in it. For those, for, you know, like Chuck, Chuck Knobloch specifically, or Jeff Weaver specifically, being in that hypermedia situation of New York, of the, of, you know, the Bronx, New York. Pressure cooker, right? Yeah. Can handle it. Oh, well, people have talked a lot about it, like, uh, you know, when you go from a smaller media town where you have two or three newspaper uh, guys in the locker room wanting interviews after the game to go on to 30. You know, that's... Right. Carl uh, Crawford made that comment when he, after, he got signed, after he played in Boston for a year. Uh, he looked shot, too, though. Yeah. But he got, I, but he got he to looked, Boston. He, made, he looks he made, done now. Yeah, but he well, he made a comment in this offseason that he that if he knew now what he knew then, he never would have signed in Boston or something to that effect. Remember, they jumped all over John Lackey in Boston. Yeah. After he got there, especially the year that he divorced his wife, who had just gotten over breast cancer. Uh, he was winning all kinds oh. of, of douchebag awards that year. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, uh, that was rough. That was not a shining moment for Mr. Lackey. But you know, you kind of you know, you, you if you if you're in baseball, I'm sure you you hear stories from the players that are playing for all these teams because you go to you go everywhere. So you've got to be hearing these stories from players. And man, you wouldn't believe the amount of media in the locker room after the game. You know, whereas in Tampa, they're you know in Tampa they're like media after the game. There's media after the game. That's weird. Boy, I didn't know yeah, that was a thing. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. In Houston, probably even in Houston, there's probably just a few guys that show up because, you know, Astros. So, but then you got guys that play in Boston or New York or St. Louis probably. Um, L.A. is probably another one that's got a, you know, big media, you know, these media markets. So when they show up, guys, you know, horror stories. You can't even get to your locker. They're everywhere. They're like locusts. <laughs> That's an interesting dynamic. You know, I think a lot of people don't ever think about that, but, I mean, there is such a contrast to, uh, you know, I always hear that the uh, the media in Cincinnati is really, really easy. It's a really easy town to play in. You know, when, you, when you're hitting 200, you don't hear anything about it. Same player on the same contract performs that way in, in New York or Boston, and it's just, it's a nightmare. So I've, I've heard players talk about that before. 
Uh, another really interesting aspect of the game, for sure. The necessary evil off. that is the media. We, we've, we've spun off into some really cool stuff. The yips, the media. Those are some <laughs> and we're, things. And we're a low-end kind of media, too. If <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you even want to call us media. But we're still better than Keith Sharon. That's for sure. <laughs> On Twitter. That's <laughs> a yeah, yeah. Just to bring it full circle. Media still gets so pissed when uh, any blogger or podcaster type would even say they're media. Like they'll be like, "Where's your credentials?" <laughs> oh my god, those it's such a, those kinds it's of there's some, there's some people that have earned credentials since I started blogging, and I feel so great for some of those people. Aaron Summers of Fanside is one in particular. I just feel awesome for that guy. But you know, it does, he's the, he's earned the ability to to work in sweatpants. Every day now, with his, right. where he's gone, it's hand-sided. So, and he's got credentials. I mean, he, he mostly it's you know like paw ticket Red Sox games and stuff like that. But so you know, has, you feel great uh, for those guys. Those has our good friend uh, Mike Rosenbaum. He wears sweatpants for his job. But who are you yeah. talking about? Name a name. Let's give the shout out. Um, Aaron Summers, it's hand-sided. He writes for yeah. uh, Aaron Summers. Yep. Call Call to the Pen is the site he normally runs, but he's moved up yeah. the corporate ladder at Fansided. So yeah, nice guy. He is fantastic. Love that guy. Uh, he hasn't forgotten who the little people are. He still talks to me on Twitter sometimes. Yeah, and he's he's still really cool. Um, Clint, do you remember when we did the Fansided Braves site for a That's, minute? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that high school kid that we had, Carlos something. Carrasco? Or, yeah, I remember yeah. Carlos. Um, he is interning at MLB.com. Nice. That's all? Yeah. So some of some of the fanside alum is, uh, you know, they're making waves out there. Way cool. Yeah. All right, anyway, I think we uh we need to wrap this up. The Pelicans just yeah. got swept out of the playoffs, so I need to go more than that. There's a bottle of bourbon somewhere with your name on it, MJ. There is. There's some Sailor Jerry somewhere around here. <laughs> um, and I have uh, a lot. Uh, it's Jazz Fest weekend here, so I'm going to be uh, crazy busy super early in the mornings for the next uh, couple of days. But hopefully we can do this next weekend. I think I will be at, I'll at least be at No Doubt next Friday night at Jazz Fest. And then uh, I don't know if I'm going to Elton John on Saturday, so we can do it on Wait, Saturday. Wait, no, no Doubt at a Jazz Fest? No Doubt is playing Jazz Fest next Friday night, yes. They don't count as jazz. Uh, Keith Urban uh, played last night. So I don't think they. Jazz. <laughs> I think they're using a very loose uh, jazz uh, term terminology. They played, they played one jazz beat for about three bars in that one song on that one album twelve years ago. They're in. I. Uh, Gwen Stefani does not look like she has aged one day. By the way. And I would totally go see Gwen Stefani live. Anything. Yeah, I love her. I yeah, love I, Gwen Stefani. So I'm, I'm going to go 
that out, but uh, uh, I, the wife is going to Elton John on Saturday. I'm probably skipping that. So if you guys want to do it next Saturday, we can get another show uh, in the archives. You're not, you're not going to you know, surf the Rocket Man. It, I, I can I can hear it from my porch. We can. Uh, we'll start yeah, but you can't show. crowd surf from your porch. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's right. Elton John does have a big crowd surfing demographic. I forgot about that. Yeah, we'll play uh, we'll play spider webs when we start next week's show. In fact, Perfect. we could just make that we could just make that Perfect. our podcast song uh, <laughs> for for a bat flipping good time because that's a that's a that's a good time song. So all right, that's a good time set. song. Clint, you have anything coming up? Just being a dad. What's that? Just being a dad. It's 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 uh, it's it's uh, not an easy job. I don't I don't know how uh, Hilwa does it with with, with yeah. several several rugrats running around. Only That's two. Only two. Only two. He has a, a children's children. farm. Oh, not anymore. I don't. Not anymore. I don't. There's life. Life adjusted itself in a in January. So it's I have my my son and my daughter, and my oh, wife you're, here. You're, you're down to two. Okay. We're back. We're yeah, we're down to just ours, but uh, it's 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 much more her than me, much more her. <laughs> yeah. Keep your goat, MJ. Keep your goat. Uh, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I need to go check on the goat. I don't know what she's doing. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, everybody should uh, follow uh, Mike's wife on Twitter. She's she retweets <laughs> way too much stuff, but uh, she's actually pretty funny too. So. What's her uh, Twitter handle? Do you know it off uh, hand? Uh, at Hilwa Amber, H L L Y W A Amber. She's uh, she's worth a follow. Uh, tell her how much uh, Mike Trout is awesome. <laughs> yes, she has to hear that. She she that's loves her, that. Stuff. That's her favorite. Her favorite yeah. love smile. She just gets all melty when Mike Trout comes on the TV. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys. Uh, We'll catch you next week. We'll listen to some Elton John on my porch and uh, see what happened this week in baseball. Thanks, guys. Fun show. Take care. Always.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.